Well, good morning. Who's excited to be here this morning? Come on, make a little bit of noise. Yes. It's so good to see you guys. Thank you so much for coming and hanging out with us. I'm telling you what, God is doing something in this region that's amazing. If this is your first time or first time in a long time, uh, God has really expanded the influence here at Better Life Church to the region and continue to reach this region. And uh, back in January, we launched another campus in Grayson. So we are one church in two locations. Come on, can we get for a Grayson campus right now? We tuned in. We love you guys. I'm telling you what. God is doing something. If you ever get a chance to go down and visit our Grayson campus on one Sunday morning, hey, jump down there, I'm telling you what, and see what God is doing. It is amazing. I also want to welcome everybody watching online across the world and for our BLC family that is traveling. Thank you so much for tuning in with us. We kick off our brand new series today called Christmas Cheer. How many of you are ready for the Christmas season? Come on, you ready for the Christmas season? You got your shopping done this week? Right, I'm telling you what, because it's so good to be in church. It, this is a, uh, it ends here, right, with December 1st, so we just end Thanksgiving uh, season. We go right into the Christmas season. For some of you, you don't like that because you really want to, you know, spend a little bit longer time in Thanksgiving. I'm so glad you're in church because you probably need to repent today from all the food we ate. Come on, can I get a witness? Am I preaching to anybody besides myself? But it's such a good opportunity to kick off this brand new series called Christmas cheer, and I'm telling you what, we're going to be talking about different things like how do you have Christmas cheer in the midst of chaos? I don't know about you, but sometimes at Christmas times and in this season, my family is very chaotic, and we get around the chaotic family. You know what I'm talking about? Anybody have any chaotic family? You know what I'm saying, right? You know, you know, if you're like, I oh, know I don't have one, that's because you're the one that's chaotic, right? You bring the chaos to the family. Uh, then on December the 15th, if you're visiting with us, we do this every year. It's our year in offering. We take up and we do things to expand the kingdom of God. I'm really excited about that. That will be on December the 15th. Just giving you a heads up. Uh, every time we do this, we just tell you to do this. Go home and pray. Listen to Jesus. Whatever he tells you to do, be obedient and do whatever he tells you to do. So I know some of you are going to be traveling and you want to be part of that. So that's coming up on December the 15th. Just so you be aware of that so you would know. And then we're going to talk about some pitfalls uh, of, of Christmas cheer. Like what are some things that might steal your joy? Like what are some things that might steal uh, the, the Christmas cheer or the joy in your life? I will say this, uh, and we'll talk about how to share your Christmas joy, how to share Christmas cheer with other people. This is the greatest time of the year to get your family members and your friends to church. They will come around the Christmas season. So if you've got an uncle or an aunt or friend, a coworker, a roommate, a classmate, uh, who says they don't want to go to church, this is the time they will go with you. So I want to encourage you to be inviting people uh, during the Christmas season, especially through this series. Now, how many of you, how many of you would say during the holiday times, maybe during Thanksgiving now, going into the Christmas time, how many of you love to watch movies? Come on, during the Christmas season, you love movies. Don't it seem like that's like the best time to begin to watch movies? And we're about to go into the 25 days of Christmas and all the great Christmas, you know, uh, movies are on. And I have my favorites and you have my, your favorites. And I'm going to see how well in tune you are to this one. The best way to spread Christmas cheer is to what? Yeah, well, all my five of you got that. That is awesome, right? I disagree with that completely. I 100% disagree with that. If I would start singing loudly for you to hear, you would leave. That will not bring you Christmas cheer. You're like, somebody's like, man, sometimes the music's so loud. We do that so we don't hear you. You know what I'm saying? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding, right? I mean, come on. It's like if I begin to sing loud, you do not want to, to hear. And I know what you're saying, but Pastor, you have such a good heart. But you don't hear my heart. <laughs> you hear my voice, and it's bad. So singing loud will not bring you any Christmas cheer. But what is Christmas cheer? 
Is Christmas cheer being in a good mood? Like, is that really what Christmas cheer is? Because sometimes, honestly, during the holidays, they don't bring good moods. It brings kind of the worst moods out of us. You ever notice that? It doesn't bring like the good Christmas cheer. It doesn't bring like the good mood out of us. Is Christmas cheer just being happy? Because a lot of people are not happy around the holidays. They seem to be on one side, but the other side, they're really not really happy. Is it just being cheerful? Like you just have cheer everywhere you go. Is that really what it means to have Christmas cheer? Or does it mean joy? And if it's joy, what is joy? So if we're going to look at Christmas cheer in this series, and we're going to talk about Christmas cheer, we need to go all the way back to the very first Christmas. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to go to Luke chapter 2. This is the best place that you start seeing the Christmas story in Luke chapter 2. And we're going to walk through this, and I'm going to, I have a lot of verses that I'm going to share with you today. So if you're a note taker, this is a definitely time for you to take notes. If you miss something, it's okay. You can download our app. You can watch it online. Uh, you can go back and, and, and take a look at it. But if you like to take notes, I'm going to jump around some verses, and I just want you to write those down so you can go home and read them and, uh, on your own as well and follow along with me. I'll be using the New Living Translation, so if you have your phone or your iPad and you want to follow along with me on the Version Bible, that would be great as well. But here we are in Luke chapter 2, going all the way back to the first Christmas story. So if you're ready to get started, so let's go. All right, here we go. That night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding the flocks of sheep. Picture this. You're a shepherd, sheep, it's night, just chilling, minding your business, smelling like sheep, because you love sheep, you're always with the sheep, you're just a shepherd. So picture that. Stars are bright, it's a very cool night, you're out there. And then verse 9, suddenly... Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them, and they were terrified. Wouldn't you be? You're minding your own business, counting the sheep, looking at the sheep, watching the sheep, looking up at the stars, and then boom, all of a sudden, there's an angelic host around you, the glory surrounded you, and it says they were terrified. But verse 10, and this is, this is our verse, but the angel reassured them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will bring great joy. Everybody say joy. joy. Joy to all the people. Bring great Christmas cheer. When I say Christmas cheer, I'm talking about joy. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the one, the Lord, the Christ, the one that you have been waiting for has been born today in Bethlehem in the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in stripes of clothing and lying in a manger. And suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others of armies of heaven praising God and singing. Why? Because the best way to spread Christmas cheer is to sing loud for all to hear. And boy, did they sing loud. Verse 14. Glory to God in the highest and peace on earth to those whom God is pleased. So when the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. This is the city of David. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried to the village and they found Mary and Joseph and there was a baby lying in a manger. And after seeing it, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angels said about the child. And all who heard this, the shepherd, shepherd's story was astonished. But Mary, she doesn't, she knows because the angel already told her that this was going to happen. But Mary, she kept all this in her heart, and she's thought about them often. So the shepherds went back to the flocks, back out uh, into, the, into the field, watching the, the sheep. And they were glorifying and praising God for all had heard and seen, for what they've seen. It was just as the angel had told them. 
Folks, where does Christmas cheer come from? What is this joy that the angel says, I bring good news to you, and it's going to bring great joy to all people? Where does this come from? And so the question we want to ask ourselves then is, what is joy? Like, really, what is joy? Because some of you would say, hey, we just sung joy to the world. We just, hey, I, I feel joyful, or I don't feel joyful, or I don't feel hopeful, or I don't feel happy. Like, what is true joy, and what's the difference of maybe of happiness and joy? Well, there are some things, real quick, joy, let's just face it, joy is this feeling. There is a feeling of joy, obviously. We see the expression through uh, uh, the scripture that there is joy because of some, uh, it, there's joy uh, that's an emotion that is a express of what has happened in your life. There's also joy because you place your hope or faith in something. So yes, there is a feeling, there is an emotion behind it, but it's more than that. You see, biblical joy it's different from the world's joy. Joy, I would say the world wouldn't really say joy. They would say happiness. And you should find happiness in all that you do. And all that matters is for you to be happy. No matter who you hurt, no matter how you get there, you deserve to be happy. But the world's joy is based on circumstances. See, happiness is based on happenings. If things are happening well, I'm happy. If things are happening well at work, I'm happy at work. If things are happening well at home, I'm happy at home. If things are happy, happening well around me, then I am happy. But the moment that things go south, the moment that things are not uh, good, then I lose my happiness and I'm no longer happy anymore. That's what the world looks at when it comes to happiness. It's based on your circumstance. And if your circumstances are good, then you deserve to be happy. But joy is different. Joy is bigger than that. Joy comes from within you, not, without, not on what's outside of you. Joy is a perspective that even though that circumstances, I'll talk a little bit about more of this to come, even though that circumstances may look different, I can still have joy. Even though my heart is broken and I'm sad, I still can have hope and still can experience joy because joy is an attitude. Christmas cheer is really an attitude that we as Christians adopt because of where we have put our faith and our hope, which means this, joy is a choice. You get to choose if you're going to be joyful no matter what life deals you. But where does this come from? And how, how can I get this joy? And that's what I'm going to share with you for the next few moments. I got a few things that I just want to share with you where joy comes from and what you must do if you want to experience true Christmas cheer, if you want to experience true Christmas joy. So if you're taking notes, here's the first thing I want you to write down. Joy comes from knowing Jesus. Like this is, this is like the, the foundation of the entire series, but the foundation of our entire hope that joy comes from knowing Jesus. And my question to you this morning and everybody in Grayson and everybody watching online is this, do you know him? I'm not talking about the baby laying in a manger. I'm not talking about that you know about him. Do you know him? Have you experienced him? Go back. You mean what the angel said? I bring you good news that will bring joy to all people. Now, what is the good news? The good news is Jesus was born, but he was born to die. If you just get stuck at Christmas, we got to go all the way to Easter because he was born to die. And the good news that he came in your place, died on a cross in your place, to forgive you of all of your sins, 
so that when you put your faith and trust in him and you pass from this life, you get to spend eternity with him. That is good news. That is shouting news for those of us who put our faith and trust in Jesus. And that should bring, watch this, joy to those who put their faith in him. And so when you look through the Luke's gospel, he always connects salvation and joy. When there is salvation, there's always joy. Jesus come to save you because you cannot save yourself. And so when there's salvation, there's joy. Remember probably the most famous passage is in Luke chapter 15. This is the passage, I know if you've never been around in church, you've probably heard of the story of the prodigal son. Where the son leaves and then the son comes home. But there's a couple parables right before that story about a lost sheep. He leaves the 99, right, to go find one and the woman who lost her coin. She leaves the other nine to go find the other coin. And if you remember that, Luke ends the parable in verse 7 by saying, In the same way there is joy in heaven when one sinner repents and comes home. When one person is found, all heaven rejoices because there is joy in salvation. The lady who lost her coin, when she finds the coin, she calls the party and all her girlfriends come over and everybody celebrates. Oh, you found the coin. And verse 10 says, in the same way, there is joy in the presence of God's angels when one sinner repents. And then the prodigal son comes home and they throw a party and they rejoice and they were joyful because something was lost has been found. Listen, maybe the reason why you have not experienced joy is because you have not been found. That you don't know him. You know, intellectually about him. You know what the Bible says. You even believe he came. You even believe he died, but you never received him. See, even the demons believe, but they shudder at his name. So just because you say you believe, do you have the right belief? And maybe the reason why you've never truly experienced joy is because you've never had all your sins completely forgiven. And when you experience true deliverance and true salvation, the byproduct of that is joy of what he has done in your life. You know, Paul writes in Romans chapter 5 this. This made this bring this together here. When we were utterly helpless, what does it mean? When you can't save yourself. I can't save myself. I can't earn it. I can't work my way for it. I cannot be good enough. I cannot give enough. I cannot serve enough to earn God's merit to allow me to get into heaven. I'm helpless. Paul says we were utterly helpless. There, there's no way to get there. Then look what happened. Christ came at just the right time, Christmas, and died for us sinners, Easter. You got to have them both. He was born to die. And he came because we were helpless, verse 7. Now most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good or a pretty good person. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. We weren't good. We were still in our sin. And since we have been made right with God in his sight by the blood of Jesus, by the blood of Christ, which we celebrated communion last week as a family, and when we took communion, we were reminded of how his blood was shed for us, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. You see, Jesus took my punishment. God poured his wrath out on Jesus, and Jesus was condemned in my place. Therefore, if I put my faith and trust in Jesus, I will never be condemned. That is great joy for me. To know that I will never have to stand before God and face his wrath because Jesus took his wrath in my place. 
There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. Verse 10, for since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son while we were yet his enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship. You see that we can have joy. We can rejoice in this new relationship with God because of our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. Folks, I don't want you to miss this. For those of you who have never put your faith and trust in Jesus who don't know him, you know about him intellectually, but you never just trusted him fully and put your complete faith in him, this is what the scripture says, you're helpless, you're hopeless. There's no way you can get there on your own. You can show up every Sunday to church, you can give all you want to give, you can serve all you want to serve, you can do all the good deeds you think you should do. That is not enough you can't it's not jesus plus works jesus plus giving jesus plus serving jesus plus going to church listen to me it's jesus plus jesus plus jesus that's the only thing that saves you and you have to put your trust in him and the scripture says you're helpless you're hopeless, you are still in your sin, which means this, if you are still in your sin when Jesus comes back, you will then face his condemnation and his wrath. Who would neglect such a great salvation? And you wonder maybe the reason why you don't have true peace and Christmas cheer and joy is because maybe you don't truly know him because the scripture says, but God doesn't leave us there, that we are his enemies. Like if there's somebody like, like, if I want to have an enemy, trust me, I don't want it to be God. I don't want God to be my enemy. And the Bible says when we don't put our faith in him, he's our enemy. And the, and the good news is he doesn't leave us there. Because the scripture goes on and says, but, but what? He came for us. He died for us. He was resurrected for us to save us. He now makes us right with God. So you have no excuse. You can be made right with God. And then the scripture says that he restored us. What do you mean he restored us? You see, back in the garden, Adam and Eve lost it. And when sin entered to the world, now he restores us back and forgives us of all of our sin. Who would neglect such a great salvation? And now we can what? Rejoice because we have a new relationship with God. We are now, watch this, his friends. We move from enemies to his friends. Like, like that's something to be excited about. Like, like God, me, me and God, we're cool, we're friends. Like, that's awesome. And I become his adopted son, and you may become his adopted daughter, and we've been adopted into the family. Therefore, we can rejoice. Folks, listen, do you know him? I know a lot of times you save the invitation to the end of a sermon, but you're not promised another breath. If you want to put your faith and trust in Jesus, right where you sit right now, you could cry out to him and say, Jesus, I believe. I believe you came for me. I believe you died for me. And I believe you got up out of the grave for me. And now today, I yield my life and give my life to you. Like, I would even wait to the end knowing that I'm an enemy of God. I would repent now and humble myself and give my life to Jesus now. So that that true Christmas cheer and joy can fill my heart and my soul. So where does this come from? Listen, if you want true Christmas cheer, you've got to go all the way back to the beginning, to the one who brought Christmas cheer, and his name is Jesus. 
Now, some of you here this morning, you would say, Pastor, I know Jesus, but I'm really not experiencing joy in my life. Well, that leads to the second thing then. Jesus, if you want true joy, joy comes from following Jesus. See, you may say you know him, but are you following him? Yeah, I know, you went to the Sunday school and you checked the box, you said the prayer, you went to the Christian camp, you did all that stuff. Yeah, 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 you checked the box. But are you following Jesus? Like, do you truly follow after him? See, it's one thing just to know about him, but are you following him? Proverbs 8.32 says this. Listen to what the scripture says. And so my children, those who claim to be my children, watch this, listen to me. See, Jesus goes on and says, here's how I know my sheep, my sheep hear me. Listen to me, for all who follow my ways are joyful. Are you following the ways of Jesus? Maybe the reason why you're not experiencing true joy is because you're not following him. How do I know what Jesus wants me to do? Don't miss this. Did you hear what he says? Listen to me. Listen to me. Listen to Jesus and do what he tells you to do. Folks, that's when it comes up on December 15th, as we do our year and offering, that's just an example. What do I say? Listen to Jesus, do what he tells you to do. That's it, that's it. That's what I want for every day of your life. Jesus, what do you want me to do today at work? Jesus, what do you want me to share? Jesus, who can I bless? Jesus, where can I be generous? Jesus, how do you want me to handle that situation? Jesus, how do I face that meeting or that problem or that circumstance in my life listen to jesus do what he tells you to do follow him and then the bible says we will always be filled with joy listen to me are you following him do you want true christmas cheer follow jesus john 15 a very famous passage about jesus says i'm the vine and you're the branches if you've been around church you may have heard that but there's there's a verse tucked in there that we read over so quickly and I want you to see this in verse 9. It says this, I have loved you even as my Father has loved me. Now, I want you to think about that. Jesus says, just as the way that God the Father loves me, watch this, I love you that much. Wow. Wow. He says, I love you. And watch this, so remain in my love. Now, that, asks, that begs the question is, how do I remain in Jesus' love? How do I abide, maybe your translation says, how do I abide in his love? Verse 10, when you obey my commandments, you remain abide in my love, just as I obey my father's commandments and, and remain and abide in his love. I've told you this. Why have you told us this, Jesus? I've told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. What? This is a supernatural joy. See, it's one of the fruit of the Spirit. That we are filled with joy. Jesus says, when you obey my commandments, when you follow my ways, I will fill you with my joy. My joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. Your Christmas cheer will overflow. Why? Because you know me and you're following me. Because my sheep know my voice and they follow me. And when they do, I will fill them with my joy. So what does it mean to abide or what does it mean to remain? Very simply, it means this, to follow Jesus is obeying Jesus' commands. What's the mission of Better Life Church? Our mission is to help you follow Jesus so you can experience a better life. We believe that following Jesus is the series of just taking next steps. And every one of us has a next step to take. Maybe your next step is to start serving. Maybe your next step is to bless someone. Maybe your next step is just like today, is we having a baptism today after the service. It's to be baptized. 
In fact, the Bible has commanded you, if you put your faith in Jesus, to be baptized. And to not to be baptized is disobedient to God's word. To be baptized. And that is a step. That's a command. Follow my ways as we follow after Jesus. We go through the scripture. There's love one another. Forgive one another. Some of us need to practice that this week after hanging out with some of our family members. Can I get a witness? A.K.A. in-laws, right? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I love my in-laws. Right? I don't want to forgive them. You don't want to follow after them. No wonder you don't have joy. You have unforgiveness in your heart. But it hurts. I'd rather have joy and peace and Christmas cheer than to hold on to a debt that someone cannot repay. And that's all what forgiveness and unforgiveness is all about. You see, I love Jesus. Thank you for saving me, Jesus. I'm glad I don't have to go to hell now, Jesus. But man, I really don't want to follow you. Like follow you at work, that means I got to change my behavior and have to watch what I have to say. I mean, follow you at home, that means I got to love my wife the way you love the church and you died for the church. And I really don't know if I want to die for my wife. You want to follow Jesus or not? Foxes have holes and people have places to lay, but the Son of Man don't have a place to lay his head. You want to come after me? Then take up your cross and follow me. Then die to your flesh, die to yourself, die to your selfish needs and follow me. I'm glad I don't have to go to hell, but I don't know if I want to follow Jesus. And you wonder why you don't experience joy. Because he says, if you obey me, you'll remain in my love. And as you remain in my love, this unsupernatural, unspeakable joy will fill and flow your heart. Maybe the reason why you're not experiencing joy is because you're not truly following after Jesus. And do you see the formula here? I wouldn't say formula. It's not really just a formula. There's no really magical formula. But do you, if you look at the scripture, there's a pattern here. If you look at this, watch this. He says, if you love me, you obey me. You know the reason why we have an obedience problem in obeying following Jesus is because we really don't love him. You come in here and you'll sing how much you love Jesus, but you really don't love him. He says, if you love me, you will obey me. If you love me, you will obey me. If you obey me, then you will abide in me. And when you abide in me, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to overflow your heart with this unbelievable, inexpressible joy. So maybe the reason why you have a joy issue is because you have an obedient issue. And the reason why you have an obedience issue is because you have a love issue. Do you love him? Do you truly love him? then follow after him and obey his ways. The last point is this. Joy comes from trusting Jesus. See, some of you say, Pastor, I know Jesus. I want to follow Jesus, but I'm afraid to take that next step. I'm afraid to go and share my faith with my family member because I, I just don't know what they'll say. I'm afraid to step out and bless that person and be generous. I, I don't know how that would, if we can even make it. I'm afraid to step out and start serving in church because I remember my past. I don't know if I'm really good. I'm afraid to step out and be baptized because what would people think about me if I get baptized? And it really changes. My friends may make fun of me. And because I go to church, and it's because you don't trust him. Do you trust him? See, I know him. Great, are you following But do you trust him? Do you trust him with your finances? Do you trust him in your marriage? Do you trust him in, 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 in living for him at school teenagers? Do you trust him? Do you trust him when you have to go hang out with your family members? Do you trust, am I going to trust you at work? Do you trust him? Romans 15, 13 says this. Paul writes, I pray that God 
the source of hope will fill you completely with joy and peace because wow don't miss this because you trust him your trust is placed in him and therefore your joy can be complete see maybe the reason why you don't have christmas cheer you got to ask yourself is it because i don't know him okay well i know him i've given my life to him are you following no not really i'm living my life not his life well there you go let's start there and maybe the reason why you're not following is because you don't trust him with your life because if i trust him the bible says in him watch this i will have complete joy and then you will overflow with confidence of hope through the power of the holy spirit now what's the difference between faith and trust and hope like faith and hope is that the same faith and trust yes they really go hand in hand so when i say faith and trust i'm basically saying the same thing but what's the difference between like faith trust and hope well faith is the complete trust or confidence what's this in something faith is i'm putting confidence in something i put my faith in what jesus did on the cross two thousand years ago for me i put my faith in something hope biblical hope is then built on that faith it's both hope is this earnest anticipation or this confident expectation that what I believe will come to pass. Hope is the assurance of something that hasn't happened yet, but will indeed happen. So my faith in Jesus in something now gives me hope that he will come back for me. And they go hand in hand. Let me give you another example. My little girl, she's unbelievable, Sadie Noel. She's just, we have three boys and God bless us with the baby girl at the end of all this I believe it's the last one just trust the Lord right and my little girl it's so funny because we have all boys and all boys stuff and that's all my wife is known as boys 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 and I raised up little boys and now God gives his little girl and boys she came out sassy little girl I mean she is girl a girl to the T and she does not get that from me And she's the sweetest little thing, and she loves watching sometimes Disney stuff or cartoons and stuff. And she twirls and she dresses up and she puts dresses on and, and she spins around and she dances. She'll say, watch me, Daddy, and she'll try to float and all this stuff. And as a dad, you know, your just heart's just broken. And then she came up to me probably about a year ago, and she said, Daddy, Daddy, I want to go to Disney World. And I want to see the princess. Yeah, 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 and we just parents. Okay, 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 okay. So finally after... Beg enough, I said, I said, honey, when you turn five, after you turn five, because we want you to be old enough to understand it and see it and experience it, when you turn five, daddy will take you to Disney World. She turns five in February, pray for me. And here's a little girl who's put her faith in her daddy's word to the point that it's expressed through her hopeful joyful attitude and the words and the prayers that she prays and yes I say prayers because she keeps saying daddy we're going to go daddy we're going to get there and she begins to pray so when we have dinner one of the things in our family Lucas family we have dinner we always sit around we always have dinner together that's just one of our things we guard family time family dinner we have dinner together 
And we're sitting around the table and we'll say, you know, we'll take turns who prays and stuff. And I said, Sadie, it's your time to pray. And she said, okay. And she'll say the sweetest little prayers. God, thank you for my family. And thank you for mom and daddy and my bubbies. And, and God, thank you for our food. And she'll say, and thank you that we get to go to Disney. If anybody can name it, claim it, that girl's done it, y'all. I mean, she is just claiming it. And she goes, I get to see the princesses. I mean, she has put her faith in what her father told her. And she expresses it in her hope that it's going to happen. And when you pray at the dinner table and you don't pray for Disney, she will stop you and say, pray for Disney. Why? Because my father told me with childlike faith and in her joy and hope, it will come to pass. So if you want to participate in the Lucas Fund to send his daughter to Disney, y'all welcome to do that. And we laugh at something so, but listen, at the end of the day, isn't that what God wants us to have like childlike faith? We put our faith in his word because God, unlike us, cannot lie. And what God has said will come to pass. And therefore, we can put our hope in what's to come. You see, faith and hope go together. You can't have them separated. Faith is hope. I mean, faith is grounded in the reality of the past of what was taking place, but hope is looking to the reality of what will happen in the future. Without faith, there is no hope, and without hope, there is no true faith. And the Christians are people of faith and hope that should produce inexpressible joy. I want you to look at this last verse. I'm sorry, in 1 Peter, I got one more after this. He says this, you love him even though you have never seen him. And though you do not see him, you trust him and then you will have Christmas cheer. You will rejoice with a glorious, inexpressible joy. Why? Because you trust him. Do you trust him this morning? Can you put your full weight and trust in him? Do you know him? Are you following him? Do you trust him? And do you know what the sign of a true joyful heart is? Gratitude. That you are grateful. You see, joyful people are thankful people, and thankful people are joyful people. In Psalms 28, here is my last verse. The Lord is my strength and shield. I'm so thankful for that. I trust him with all of my heart. He helps me and my heart is filled with joy. So watch this. I burst out in songs of thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is a byproduct of I'm joyful. Maybe the best way to spread Christmas cheer is to burst out in thanksgiving that Jesus is here and that he's changed my heart. See, joyful people are thankful people and a thankful heart is a cheerful heart. So listen, Christmas cheer, this true joy is an attitude that God's people can adopt and choose to choose. Choose joy no matter what happens, no matter what the circumstances. And I can have joy not based on what happens around me, but based in the hope of God's love and promises that His Word gives me. I'm going to ask if you would to bow your heads. Do you know Him this morning? at both locations. Do you know him?
Why are you delaying? Give your life to Jesus. Are you following him? Maybe the reason why you don't have joy is because you're not taking the next steps and following him. See, really, that's the mission of our church is so that if you follow him, you'd experience a better life. The better life, listen to this, is a joyful life. Doesn't mean that life will be easy. That means this, no matter what life throws at me, I can have joy and choose joy because my faith in and my hope for to come. That's the better life. And that's why we want you to follow Jesus. But do you trust him? And I'm just going to trust the Holy Spirit is moving and speaking into your heart. And if that was you today and you gave your life to Jesus or you want to give your life to Jesus, right where you sit, you could cry out to him to say, Jesus, I believe that you came for me. I believe what the angels declared 2,000 years ago. The Messiah has been born who would bring great joy. God, bring great joy to me today as I put my faith in the deliverer and the Savior of the world. And if that's you, listen, please go to our next step area. We have some resources we want to give you and your help in following Jesus and help you as you follow him. At both of our locations, I'm going to ask everyone, if you would just stand to your feet, both locations, just stand to your feet. And we're going to continue to practice this joy in our heart. I'm going to pray for us. And whatever's blocking that joy, whether you don't know him or you're not following him or trust him, will you deal with that right now? And let's just express how our gratitude and our joy that comes from knowing Jesus. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much that you sent your son. As the angels herald that night, our Savior has been born to bring great joy. And Father, now on this side of the cross, we rejoice. We understand. And I pray through this next few weeks that you would just overflow us with joy. That everywhere we go, that people would experience the joy from knowing you. That Christmas cheer will shine through us to a lost and dying world, a blinded world who thinks happiness is based on success and accolades and accomplishments. The Lord's joy is based in you and what you did on the cross for us. Now may we reflect that and may your glory shine through your people. We love you, Jesus. We ask this in your name. Thanks for joining us online today. If while watching this message, you were led to take a next step or made the decision to start following Jesus, we would love to celebrate with you. Let us know on our website at betterlife.church slash next steps. To stay connected throughout the week, download the Better Life app and consider subscribing to our YouTube channel or podcast. Lastly, if you would like to support what God is doing through this ministry, you can give online at betterlife.church slash give now. We're praying you have a great week and hope to see you again soon.